it's here, episode one of Desi Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chibber. And I'm Swapna Krishna. And we are recording on Sunday, February 19th. So excited. I know. I know. I've been ex- We've been talking. Okay, so there's a long history to this podcast. Preeti and I have been talking about doing a podcast for like a year, maybe At two least years. For a long time. It's And we every time we do a podcast together, we're like, oh, we should do one. But then neither of us wanted to commit to doing something weekly. <laughs> and then we had the bright idea that maybe we don't have to do it every week. So our goal yeah. with Daisy Geek Girls is to kind of put it out monthly, but do additional episodes for any you know special things we want to talk about. Probably anything Star Wars related. Yes. Anytime there is a Star Wars thing, odds are we will have an episode about it. Yes. Or if there's been a while since a new Star Wars thing and we need more Star Wars in our lives, we'll probably <laughs> do like a rewatch or something. Uh, <laughs> yep, basically. Um, so we will not just be exclusively talking about Star Wars. This is kind of going to be a catch-all for all of the nerd and geek-related things that we like because we like a lot of them. Yes, we do. Across pop culture, comics, books, movies, TV, um, and just a space for, like, that Indian lens. Yep. So, we're bear with us. We're, like, figuring out our structure, but... Um, Do we want to introduce ourselves to people? Yeah, that's a I'm good guessing, idea. Yeah, I'm guessing 99% of the people who listen to this will know who we are. Because it's going to be our friends. I know, because nobody else is going to want to listen to us talk. But if you don't know who we are, I'm Swapna. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Krishna, and I've been a um, geek all my life. Big Star Wars fan, big Star Trek fan, um, and I write a space column on like space flight and uh, space history and all that at Pace Magazine. I'm also the comics editor of Book Riot, so um, I have a lot of different little nerddoms. <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of a nerddom, like a fiefdom. Yeah, it is. Like I, I, I have many different nerd domains. It's true. Uh, and I'm Preeti Chibber, and you can find me on Twitter at Run With Skizzers because I signed up for Twitter before I knew it would be like my professional presence on the internet, uh, and that was my college AIM screen name. Um, and also, I write about comics. I write about books for Book Riot, Book Riot Comics. Um, I've had something on the Mary Sue. Um, basically just writing on the internet. Uh, same as Sapna grew up as a nerd because when I love something, I love it wholeheartedly yep. and I fall into it face first. And then I don't like to stop talking about it. Uh, as you'll see, we're going to end our episode with like current obsessions because we both, I think, go through like our weeks of being like, this is the thing I'm really, really into and I want everyone to know about it. Yep. Um, but first... Some very, like, quick news moments that were very exciting in the last couple of weeks. Philip Pullman yeah. is writing new books set the, in the same universe as his Dark Materials. Yeah, so we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but so it's a prequel and two sequels, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the first book will be a prequel set when Lyra is a, either an infant or, like, a little baby. Um and then the second two will follow, but, oh my god. Is it a trilogy, or is he just writing, like, a book and a duology, or I think it's, I think three, it would be, three books, three separate books? They're three, they're, I think it's a prequel and a duology, although, okay. because it's surrounding the original series, I mean, who's to say we're inventing this at this point, because right. he's just going to write what he wants to write. Yeah. 
and it's all will take it'll all be a part of the he's expanding i guess i love the idea of having a his dark materials universe because right now it's kind of just the trilogy and you know they've done some not great movies or just the one right um just the one and he did a he did a a kind of one-off book called lyra's lyra's Oxford. oxford right yeah but, but other than that, no, there's no there's no expanded you for the His Dark Materials. Well, I'm very series. excited about the prospect of it ex- <laughs> because I read the books, but I think I read the books late enough that I didn't quite become as big of a fan of them as I was about some other things growing up. So I'm really kind of excited to dive back into that nerddom. Yeah, same. Um, I read them in college, yeah. which was far after, and it's same, I so think. hilarious to me that J.K. Rowling got so much crap for being, you know, anti-religious or anti-God or whatever when these are literally, like, the most, like, blasphemous books I've ever read in my life. For real. They're amazing. Um, Another quick thing is I just watched this Bollywood movie called Baffy Grit. Okay, I I have to hear about this. So I don't, for our listeners out there, um, I don't watch nearly as much Bollywood as Preeti, but Preeti tells me what to watch. So (laughs) she's probably going to talk about Bollywood and I'm going to ask her questions. So tell Uh, me why, what is, what was the deal with this movie? So Baffy Grit is this movie, this Bollywood movie that came out late last year. It stars Ranveer Singh, who is... Very handsome and an excellent mm-hmm. dancer mm-hmm. And, and actually quite a good actor, though his last few films I have not loved. Um, and a new girl, Vani, Vani Kapoor, I think her name is. And it's set in Paris, which is not necessarily common. Mm-hmm. And it got a lot of buzz in Bollywood because there's a lot of makeouts in it. Like <sighs> a lot. Which is not a thing that happens in so Bollywood So weird. Movies. Even th- to this day, like, I kind of, like, avert my eyes when I see Bollywood people kiss because it's so weird. Yeah, because they didn't, there wasn't real, like, really there wasn't kissing in Bollywood movies until, like, five years yeah. ago in a major way. Like, yeah. they're one-offs, like, here and there. But for the most part, it's a, like, stare longingly into the eyes and then, like, avert your face and go in for a hug. You know, yeah. it's not, there, there are a lot of makeouts in this movie. It's a bad movie. Oh, Don't no. see it. Oh, I no. cannot recommend it unless you watch like clips just to see like Ranveer Singh without a shirt on because he looks real good. Um, no, it's a huge pass. Oh no! So there's been your Bollywood corner. Well. I I don't know. I need to watch more Bollywood. It's one of those things where I'm always doing something while I watch, and because I don't speak or understand Hindi. Watching, reading subtitles, you know, that is the active thing I would be doing during the movie. And I'm always trying to, you know, knit or play on my laptop. And then I end up missing half the movie. Yeah, you can't when you have to, like, read the subtitles. Or you can because sometimes it gets repetitive. Yeah. It depends on the movie. And I know know movie Hindi, so, like, I can, like, pick up what, you know, I understand (laughs) what they're saying based on just movie Hindi. But I, you know, if it's an in-depth discussion, I definitely need the subtitles. Well, you don't need it for this one because you don't have to watch it because it was terrible. <laughs> Do not recommend, and I'm mad that I spent $3 to rent it on iTunes. Okay, well, let's let's shift gears to something we are both, a movie we are both very excited about and will be excellent, The Last Jedi. The, the Last, Last Jedi! Woo! Oh, my God. Okay, so we know that it's plural. Mm-hmm. Well, we think it's plural, so this no. has been... A discussion, because this discussion has been going around the internet. We 
people pointed out when the title was released that Jedi could be Jedi is plural. Um, it can be plural or singular. And then the international titles were released, and I think it was um, they're in both French and Spanish. It's uh, plural. But Ellen, one of our friends, also pointed out that to be non-gendered, like, uh, do you remember? Like, do you remember this discussion? Like, to be yeah, non, yeah, yeah. because both those, um, both those uh, languages have gendered uh, verb conjugations, right? Because it would have to be, they would have to decide whether they were going to use the masculine, the masculine or, the feminine. or feminine. And so, to be non-gendered, you just have to make it plural. Make a plural. Okay, Much like English. Like, here's if they, the thing, though, is that. That changes, that changes the tone. It right? does, and it changes the meaning of the. Like I think it changes the meaning, right? Like I don't know. I know Spanish. I don't know enough to really. I feel like have a detailed conversation about like linguistics and <laughs> verb conjugation. Who knew that we would need this for Star Wars? I know, I know, but I think I'm going to assume that it's plural. Okay, I feel I'm- like. Well, no, I think it's plural because to make it singular, regardless of if it's to to hide in the language, to keep a plot point secret, which I don't put it past them. But it seems like the implication for the story yeah. would be bigger, right? Right. I agree. I think it. Yeah, I agree. So I'm I'm going forward with the assumption that it's plural. And that it's about multiple last Jedi, whether that's Maybe Luke and Ray, or Luke there's a Rey. or there's a hidden another hidden Jedi somewhere out there, or something. Well, I can tell you one thing for sure that I don't want to happen. Oh God, yeah, I Luke, know. Luke going dark oh. is a thing that I don't want to happen. It's and this is boring. dedicated. I know. I just want to say that this conversation is dedicated to oh the gentleman. God who approached my table at a bar two nights ago and then spent 15 minutes talking at me about Star Wars. I do not know how you did not punch this guy in the face. Okay, tell the story. Okay. I don't (laughs) want to tell the whole story because it's long, but I will say that this guy was very adamant that, A, he knew things I didn't um, about Star Wars uh, in terms of, like, what is coming, and B, that Luke was 100% going to go dark because, quote, that's the only way the movie will be interesting. And let's start with, okay, this guy didn't work at Lucasfilm or Disney. No. He no. worked, he worked he in finance. In, he was in finance. Um, so, sure, maybe you know a guy. But I can't imagine that the guy you know is okay with you knowing secrets about a traditionally incredibly top secret series. And then talking about it in a bar. With someone you've just met. Right. For like two and a half minutes. And um, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the other point that that was the only way they could make it interesting, I think that's the only way they can make me not interested in this it franchise. It so boring. We have had <laughs> six movies about the Skywalker men either going dark or maybe going dark or yeah. like whatever. Like, I, we've seen that story over and over and over and over. And we already have a Skywalker man who's gone dark yes. in the series with Ben Solo. We really don't need another one. Like, that we is the least... One. There's so many interesting stories that they can tell in episode eight. And Luke going dark is pretty much the least interesting story. It would just be so repetitive. 
So like I'm there is interest in the idea of some of, of a person's fall from grace if we hadn't already seen it several yeah. times. Like, like it is the running theme. And like I not to say that those movies are less for it. I think that those movies are interesting and I I love Star Wars. I just don't want to see it again. Yeah, I agree. And I I th- I wonder too if the Lucasfilm people feel that way as well a little bit because they did make it clear that episode eight is the next story in the Skywalker saga, but they also made it clear that they were using Rogue One as a test, whether they were going to continue doing trilogies on this Mm -hmm. main storyline or they were going to branch out. And it was, it kind of sounded like it was going to be one or the other. Either they were going to do a lot more standalone movies or they're going to just continue with the Skywalker saga. And I think that's really, and the idea of that, like maybe they think this kind of constant cycle of light and dark and Skywalker's going dark and then being redeemed isn't the most interesting storytelling when you're getting into three or four trilogies. Right. Like how many times can you tell the same story? Yeah. Like I get it. Star Wars likes to play and like, they like to have homages to like previous films and throwbacks and whatever. And those are fun. Cause it's like a little bit of fan service. It's a little bit of like tongue in cheek, like. You've been in it for the long haul. We're going to, like, give you a little bit of payoff with a character, you know, from... It's like putting um, Ghost from Rebels into Rogue One, you know? They give us little pieces. However, at least when you have... They're doing so much interesting stuff in the expanded universe with these storylines that I feel like to go back and do the same one over again in the films would just be a little bit of a travesty. And also Luke has gone dark in like granted non-canonical at this point, but like in the dark empire series. Yes. And like, I feel like it was multiple expanded universe things where like, Seriously. it was just like, Oh, Luke's like, I, it's like, it's like the author didn't know what to do. And it's like, Oh, let's make Luke dark again. Right. Like, oh my Don't God. Don't read those. Like, I need to see it. I know. I, it's just, I, I find that incredibly boring. If, like, Master Yoda can be a Jedi for 900 years and not go dark, I feel like Luke can last, like, 70. Yeah. Agreed. Especially when he sees, like, it wouldn't make sense. It really wouldn't, because it's not, at the end of the day, I don't think this trilogy is going to be about him. Same. It's going to be about him, like, passing the torch on to the next generation. So And if they if they use Luke going dark as just a piece of plot in order to make that happen, then that's lazy writing. I agree. I agree. I I'm so not interested in the storyline that, you know, I don't I don't okay, I will be honest. I do not think I will stop like loving Star Wars if they no. do that. It's I will of course still be there opening night for like every movie but i will i will be angry i will be i will not be happy i will say it it would be a shame after getting the force awakens and rogue one which was you know for some people hit or miss but we both loved it yeah um because like star wars is not perfect storytelling by any means no when you look at episodes four five and six like you see it yeah and we don't even need to mention the prequels, no. I think. But there is good story. There is, like, interesting character development when you bring into account expanded use stuff. Yeah. Um, and then if you, like, take the example of uh, Rebels, <sighs> is it's, some, it's incredible storytelling what they're doing with that series. If you're oh not watching gosh. Rebels, we're going to talk about it a little later, um, but if you're not watching it... 
it's just, I really highly recommend catching up on it because it's incredible storytelling. I really enjoy it. It is really good. And I actually, I had a conversation with, um, a friend about this who, a friend who didn't like Rogue One because I think what's happening now with these massive series and these massive, um, companies who own story where you have like Marvel and DC and Disney and whatever is figuring out how to balance the, the narrative between people who are, who are engaging with everything and people who are only engaging with the main points. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Cause I love Drogon because I am watching rebels and I am reading the comics and I am engaging in like, fan theory yeah, or whatever. That's a, that's a good point. I never thought about that. And like I have a I have friends who only saw Rogue One in terms of in relation to the other Star Wars movies and liked it. But there were some people who were like, this is I thought I was getting a Star Wars movie, which is full of hope and happiness. Yeah. And, and jokes. And whereas I was like, oh no. I knew what I was walking into oh, yeah. because of where this movie is placed in the timeline and the other stories that have come out of that point in the timeline, which are by nature have to be sad. Yep. Because they can't end well. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I didn't, I never have thought about it like that, but yes, I do. I don't read all the comics. I'm kind of behind on them, but I, I do, you know, I watch Rebels and I, um, I do have read, I think, all the new canon expanded universe print books mm-hmm. or prose books. Oh, God, yeah, I totally forgot about those. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's really interesting. And people who maybe are more casual fans may not have loved uh, Rogue One as much because it is very, it's very, it's very dark. But mm-hmm. it's it also is very much a how did we get to how did we get here from there story right because you go from I mean and like you can't really talk about the prequels in terms of storytelling because they were just I think we can all agree that they failed yes I <laughs> narratively think, I know there's a there's been like a resurgence of love for the prequels and I I that's okay I'm not their biggest fan like I genuinely dislike phantom menace i think there are moments of really good story in attack of the clones that is bogged down by anakin talking about sand yes um but i like the obi-wan storyline is i think really good storytelling and the first half of revenge of the sith i do genuinely like um after anakin's fall it gets i mean there i don't think it's great storytelling in revenge of the sith but i do think it Tugs at some of your I emotional is, heartstrings. Thank I, I should you, be clear. <laughs> thanks, basically, to mainly to uh, Ewan McGregor's performance. Yes, and I should be clear. I don't think that it, that it's a bad story. I think there's good story there. I think it's bad storytelling. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think the writing is not strong, even though the potential for story is like really. The really dialogue high. is terrible. Oh, the dialogue is terrible. The chemistry between the actors is really hard to sit through sometimes. The acting but is terrible. The acting is with the great. with the uh, with the um, exception of um, Ewan McGregor, who does an excellent right. job. With but if you, <laughs> you look at like the story told in Clone Wars, the TV show which takes place between episodes two and episodes three, the narrative is there. The story is there. 
that did not come across in the prequels. Right. What was my original point? Why did I bring the prequels up? Um, oh, story. Story, yeah. So you can't, I don't think you can argue that the reason the prequels got as much flack as they did was because of this, but I do think it played a part in this idea of like, these were actually Star Wars movies without hope. Yeah. Because you know it's going to end bad. Going in, you know this kid Anakin is going to grow up to be Darth Vader. Yeah, there's no like, hero in the, that story. Right, like, there's there no is good guy. There's no, and that's a hard story to tell. Yeah. And it's a hard balance to find between, which is why Clone, I'm so impressed by the Clone Wars TV show, because it engaged people for long enough, even though you're, you end up rooting for this guy who goes on to, ma- like, yeah, yeah. murder children. Like, I was like, Oh my god, Anakin, my heart is bleeding for you. And then and the you, um the relationship between Anakin and Padme is so well done. So well done in the cartoon. Yeah. So it's like it makes you care so much more because the writing and the narrative structure is there, but it's a balance. You have to keep people engaged enough and invested enough, even though those people know that there is not gonna be a good payoff at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Ro- the- I think personally Rogue One did that. I I agree. I, I it's hard for me to be objective about Star Wars too. I will be I will be Same. honest about that. It's really hard. It's for me to look at it and remove myself because for me a lot of it is the emotional storytelling. Like the emotional chords of strikes are just as important to me as everything else and mm-hmm. so it's an emotional experience. Um but I do do think Rogue One told a great story. If if not a, if a cho- it was choppy though. The editing was definitely that first third was very choppy. Well, I'm convinced that there is some type of, like, director's I cut hope that so. we're going to get. I will, I will absolutely buy that. Like, I, w- I want to see more of all of these people. I really loved it. Um, but, like, I really, I went in thinking, I was like, oh, this is like an extended episode of Star Wars Rebels. Like, yeah. that's what this is. And, you know, it's not on the Disney Channel, so it can be a little darker. Yeah. Even though Star Wars Rebels gets plenty it's, dark. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I feel like that's a good enough segue to go into yeah. Rebels, which finally came back this weekend. It is. And so we're going to talk about spoilers for the latest Rebels episode. If you haven't watched it yet, we will um, put the time index of when we finish talking about it in the uh, in the show notes so you can just skip ahead. Sure, we will. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be editing this episode. Preeti didn't know I was going to say that. I'm going to be the one editing this episode because Preeti has done the bulk of the work leading up to this. So I will write down what time we finish talking about it. It's like, who is doing that? Okay, good. So, and then, and then, so that way you can skip ahead to our um, next discussion. Next topic. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Rebels finally came back last night um, with what the what is the episode name? I don't even know. I don't it's even so remember. But it was Sabine going home to Mandalore with the dark yes. saber. Is the legacy of Mandalore? Yeah, is the name of the episode. I actually so I went to watch it this morning and I actually did not realize that I had totally skipped the Trials of the Dark Saber episode. Oh. That dropped January 21st because the episode before that is a Zeb episode, and when I was watching it, I was like, I don't feel like watching this. They, like, put it on pause and never came back to it. Uh. Um, So I didn't have to wait a long time between episodes 14 and 15. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So I'm a little (laughs) jealous. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about, where the show is, like, it's a Disney show. It's on, like, Disney XD, but it's still Star Wars 
and it's still a group of rebels in the midst of a war with the Galactic Empire. Yeah, and bad things do happen. And, you know, I really like, you know, like Kanan losing his eyesight. And, like, I, I like the way they deal with deeper things without making the show too dark because it is yeah. on Disney. Well, yeah, I mean, they show pieces of what war is like. I mean, that's the whole thing with Rogue One is that you saw like what they're like what war for the soldiers was like. Um, they're not like anonymous guys in helmets getting killed by Darth Vader now. They're like real people. Yeah. And so this show does that. So with Mandalore, which you learn a lot about in Attack of the Clones and the culture of the world, we have Sabine who's Mandalorian who had she'd run away when she decided she was gonna be a rebel because her home planet had partnered with the empire and she's going home for the first time so you said you had a lot of thoughts i did okay so first i knew they had said that sabine was supposed to be asian but like Mm -hmm. i didn't pick that up from just watching the series because it's with the purple hair and the you know i think her eyes are not brown are they they're like gold yeah so it i never picked that up and so but in this episode you really could tell Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the way they made her family very much look Asian. Like, you know, I always appreciate that. Um, and also, I've been feeling the lack of Sabine storylines the past, this this season. And so I was really just excited to get more Sabine. Yeah, that was really nice. And although I was like, oh, you have a brother? Yeah, I thought there was definitely, like, I thought it was a romantic thing when they first met. And, and then like, I was no, like, oh, oh, no, wait, oh, no, no that's, I know, I, I know Star Wars flirts with the incest, Ew. you know, but we, we don't go all, the, we don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, I started, like, there was that, after the um, episode where Sabine gets the Darksaber from, or when Ezra and Sabine get the Darksaber from mm-hmm. uh, Darth Maul, uh, or Maul, sorry, he's no longer Darth Maul, um, I started shipping Ezra and Sabine, and I was like, how did this happen? I know. So I know. fast. <laughs> I went from no ships. So you like, you really like Ezra, right? I love Ezra. Okay. And I know our friend Paul, <laughs> Paul Montgomery, fuzzy typewriter. Yes. Hates Ezra. See, I don't hate him at all. I, he annoyed me the first season when he well, was, like, very he's green. he's a little kid. Yeah, but then now he doesn't bother. Like, I don't love him, but he doesn't, like, I, he doesn't engender feelings of hatred. But you really <laughs> like him. So I tell, like Ezra. Talk about why Because, like, I mean, he's our avenue into this story, right? He's the one we're supposed to identify with because we're learning as he's learning. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I also, like, I I like that they're making the... The balance, the idea of light and dark, more nuanced. Yeah. On the show, so like it's not about Ezra going dark. Like I thought, I was con- I was like, oh, Ezra's going to be a bad guy. Great, boring, whatever. But I think now it's about seeing the nuance of the Force, which is what we get out of these cartoons, which is yeah. really awesome. I agree. I like the explorations. Of, my favorite episodes are the ones where they kind of explore the Force and, um, you know, where Ahsoka shows up. And I, I think her storyline is the well, most interesting of so anybody. I know. Um, which comes from the Clone Wars and then is she shows up, I think, at the end of season two of Rebels. Yes. But it's bridged. 
in the book uh, Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. E.K. Johnston, right? Yeah. And it's which is so excellent. Yeah, it's genuinely just an incredible read. But I am feeling the lack of Ahsoka, like not in a way that I think I'm not not in a way that's like Rebels, but. Rebels is a great show, but I am so invested in her story. And we don't know what's happened to her. No, we, we don't. don't. Know if she's alive. We don't know if she's dead. We have no idea because the end of season two, oh she my fights God. Vader and the thing collapses. And you know Vader gets out, but we don't know anything about Ahsoka. Right. I'm so scared. I know. But I don't feel like they would kill her off like I, that. No, that would be... T- I think yeah. she's going to come back at some point. But, like, is she... Did, like, did Vader, Vader capture her and he's been torturing her? These, You know what I mean? Like, is it going to be, like, she's a chain? I don't even know. I don't know. And it'll be... I mean... Oh, I know. There's so much. And, like, I hear what you're saying. I think Kanan is an attempt to have that that character. Like, the older, knowledgeable Jedi, basically, um, who is there. Yeah. Because if it was him and Ahsoka, as we got a few episodes of that, him and Ahsoka, it's like, Ahsoka needs her own show. She does. I I agree. Basically. I don't think she can... Or books. Or books. I would take, like, a book series, like, about what she's doing. I'll... Or her own comic. Kanan got his own comic. Where's our Ahsoka comic book? Yeah. I think uh, Kanan, I really like him as a character, but I think he's underused. I agree. Like, I I think he's... Well, I, I mean, that's that's the problem with a cat and, like, an ensemble, right? Yeah, and I, well, like I was going to say, I think Hera's underused, too, because I Hera think she's great. very underused. Um, Although now that Sabine is not going to be on the show for a little while, it sort seems of sounds like, yeah. like, which I'm a little sad about. I'm excited to see if some of the other characters can get more focus. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is kind of the first of, you know, like so them going on doing more stuff on their own. Like maybe. maybe we'll get like a couple of Hera episodes and then a couple of more like Clone Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it wasn't like every episode focused on this giant cast. It was like you'd have an episode arc of th- three or five episodes that would focus on one character and a couple of supporting characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I almost kind of hope that. Me too, because there's so many characters that are just not getting the screen time. I know, now I'm like, what would I want? Um because I don't know that I want more Zeb episodes. No, I I like <laughs> Zeb. I think he has a good. He has. But a, we know Zeb, and we yeah. have his. We we've gotten his story, but now I'm like, come on. He's you being used too much as comic relief. He's not yeah. as interesting anymore. I agree. Um, but I would love more Hera episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, you know, because in, like, Rogue One, they page General Syndulla over in yeah, the background. And, like, they've made it clear that that is Hera. And she, eventually she does become a general. So, like, I'm curious as to... How she gets there. Yeah. So maybe the, a little bit of focus on that. I also I'm, want... I want Cassian to show up on Rebels. Oh, my God. I would die. Yeah. I want it. I want it I so badly. So well. He's been in the war since he was six. I know. He probably knows Ezra. Um, he and Wedge could be, like, young Wedge could be friends. Yes. I need it. I know. So it's, it's, I do like the show a lot. I feel like I've been really critical this past, like, this as we've been discussing. But it's more like I want more. I feel like almost 
what they're like I, I want more spin-off shows honestly is what it is well that's the thing so that's the thing with this universe and with this idea of like how do you take care of story when there's so much content yeah. coming out because that's what's happening now, right? You have so many comic books. You have so many books. You have the movies. You have the TV shows. Who? There is this book um, that I've talked about before online, but uh, it's called Marvel, The Untold Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the history of Marvel Comics. But Marvel, even when it was just comics, had a lot of story happening, right? They had a lot of characters. Those characters interacted with each other. And in my head, I was like, how do they handle continuity? How do they do it? And it was literally like a room with uh, card catalogs. And you would like go through, find your character, and there would be an updated card catalog that was like, Spider-Man can't be in the negative space right now because he's in, you know, the Savage Lands. Yeah. It's an incredible book, if any, if you guys have Oh, yeah, it's excellent. It. Like, it's but, like, incredible. who is doing that for Star Wars? I mean, it's Disney. It's, like, part of the Disney machine, and I know for a fact that they have, like, probably an entire team dedicated to just this. Yeah, that and must, I... That, oh, it feels so daunting. Right, but I also think it's interesting because I think Disney much more t- tightly controls Star Wars. Like, yeah. very tightly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chuck Wendig has said that for his trilogy, um, when he was writing it, I read somewhere that he said that basically he would go to them and be like, this is the story I want to do. And they gave him pretty free reign, but they, you know, checked, you know, how he's going to use characters and stuff like that. And right. I am pretty sure, but I am not positive on this, but I'm pretty sure that every like post Jedi pre for, uh, force awakens, book that's being written has a mandate that's not you are not allowed to lose use luke skywalker oh it must be right because the only place i've ever seen him is shattered empire by greg Rucka and mark oh who, it's so good though. yeah I, do you remember who, I feel really i'm gonna look this up after i finish talking but um who the artist is on that but it's it's incredible art and he's in one issue of that and that's it like i've read the last i have read and that was everything. really important yes that was an important single issue because it gave you a hint. That was before The Force Awakens, right? That was yeah. the summer of 2015. Yep. Um, it gave you a hint as to what Luke would be up to yeah. in between uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it and takes place like six months Force after Awakens. Return of the Jedi or something. So before even the Battle of Jakku. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's it is. so good. <laughs> I'm still looking up. Sorry. The, um, I feel really because I am as a person who you know writes and edits stuff about comics for a living. No, we have to know the artist. Like mentioning the writer without mentioning the artist is a huge just um, is 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 because they both work on the book. Yes, Marco Cicchetto. Okay, C-H-E-C-C. it is good. It is really good artwork. There's a great panel of Han and Lando, and like <laughs> it's like. They're almost teeny bopper style. Yeah, it is great like, art. Hey, ladies, and the um the the battle scenes are just incredible. Yeah, they they're really good battle scenes. It's it's a good com- it's a it mini is. series, so it's only like four issues, I think, right? Yeah. So if you if you can, you should read it. Yes. Um, all right, I feel like that's a lot about Star Wars. Yeah, so I'm going to mark down the time so people know. 
when they can tune back into this episode. So you can tune back into this episode now. We're not going to talk about any more Rebel right, spoilers. And now you, we're going to have a very quick moment for us both to be like, Marvel, stop oh my God. doing friggin' events. Like, I literally cannot tell you the last time I read a Marvel comic. And I mean, it is because, oh, that's not, that is, like, I, I read the Star Wars stuff pretty regularly. Right. But the, and it's not because I don't like the stories. Like, I love Ms. Marvel. I've heard really great things about um, the new Wasp comic. It's really good. Um, um I, I think America, the new America Chavez comic is out now. I don't know. But, like, I just can't bring myself to read them because I'm so just mad at Marvel. Just stop doing events I know, for, please. like, a second. Because they're market fine. If you have a really good story you want to tell, but these are more often than not marketing events. Yeah, they in are. order to encourage people to buy more comics, there has to be a better way. And I don't. There has to be. I don't know anyone, even like diehard, you know, Marvel fanboys and fangirls and fan people who are excited about this. I don't hear anyone no, being like, oh my god, I'm so excited person. about, like, Monsters Unleashed or Generations, Generations. or Secret Empire. Like, like literally, see- those are three events that are, like, Monsters Unleashed is going on now. I think Secret Empire, which is, like, the culmination of the Cap Cap Hydra thing, which is terrible. Uh. I won't, like terrible um i I won't even talk about it because i don't want to give it any publicity because it's so terrible um and then generation so that's three events in like four months five months you know i think monsters unleashed is the shorter crossover thing like how do you have time to tell a story which i just want to i'm like already met spider-man is my boy he's my favorite and i've really not been enjoying the spider-man comics yeah and get back to what you were good at, man. I know. And, like, it, it hurts the series that we all love, like, you know, like, Schoolgirl yeah. and Ms. Marvel and stuff like that, because they're required to, you know, I, I was critical of Secret Wars when it happened, but reflecting on it, the framework for that had been in place for so long, and it was actually a very, if often delayed, very thoughtfully laid out and constructed event. And mm-hmm. if they were going to use that as sort of a like DC used rebirth to just re you know reset the entire line and be like, okay, we're focusing on storytelling, I think that would have been a great outcome. But they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. I'm so tired of it. Like I just I can't so even I'm so tired of it. I have been reading, I will say, the DC rebirth stuff and I've been liking what I've been reading. Really? Um, yeah, I have, which I'm not, I don't have a long history reading either publisher. My background in comics is made mainly graphic memoirs and graphic novels, um, but I have been reading a lot of um, more Marvel than DC, and now, yeah, I'm actually really liking some of the, um, I have Batgirl, to the new Batgirl to read, um, and yeah, I, I think it's been pretty good. I... Someday when DC starts their unlimited option, I will read more DC. Yeah. But in, until they yeah, do, that's it's, fair. Just, it's too expensive. It's, you know, Marvel Unlimited, I like, it's an expensive like one point, but then I have access to it for the entire year and I more than make up for it by reading everything. Yeah. I like, I definitely like um, uh, Marvel Unlimited. It's great. All right. So hopefully more good Marvel news. You know, when Spider-Man eventually comes out, which I cannot wait for, in July, we'll definitely do an episode on that. Yes. 
because I've been waiting for Marvel to do a Spider-Man <laughs> movie for like 15 years. <laughs> and <I> when, <laughs> well, and uh, what's, um, uh, Jason Reynolds is writing the Miles Morales book, right? So we'll talk about that probably. I read it. I've already read it. I know. It's coming out in August. It's really good. I'm dying to read it. (laughs) I'm really hoping that it influences the comic to be better because, whew, there are some issues happening in that Spider-Man book. Yeah. I uh, we're not that's that's a rant for another day. I feel like I have to I have to compartmental like you know yes. Otherwise, we'll so, we'll do yes. a Spider Man focus episode. Yeah, because I, I, I don't read much Spider Man at all. Um, so yeah, I would love to do a Spider Man. It'll be a lot of me being like, oh my god, I love Peter Parker so much. I know, but, but your not, favorite Peter Parker is like broke and can't get a shit together. Peter Parker, right? right? That is my jam. My jam yeah. is like late twenties Peter who never knows where the next paycheck is coming from, because you know what? That is a thing I can relate to. (laughs) Not having your shit together. Yes. Like, did I say late 20s? I meant, right? I said late 20s. I think so. Yeah, I think I don't want late 30s, Peter. Yeah. (laughs) Late 20s, Peter. That loses Um, some of its charm, I think. Yeah, no, I am not a fan of current iteration of, like, Tony Stark, Peter Parker. Yeah. Not for me, so I'm hoping he'll go back to his roots soon. Um, but I'm very excited to see Marvel do a Spider-Man movie because I do not think a single Spider-Man movie has gotten Peter Parker right yet. Yeah, and judge just judging from what we've seen in Civil War and um, the trailers, he's yes. a really good. Who, who, Tom, good Tom Holland? Yes. Is Tom that, Holland. Yeah, I'm he's really good. About it. I'm very excited about it. We'll see. Um, all right, let's wrap this up with okay. a quick two-minute I guess, pitch for things that we are super excited about. Do you okay. want to go first? Sure. Okay, so I am really, I am reading, actually reading right now, so I haven't finished it yet. It's a book called The Wanderers by Meg Howry. That's H-O-W-R-E-Y. It's um, coming out in mid-March. It is the story, so you all know probably I'm a giant space nerd. Um, and so this is kind of, it's a work of science fiction, but it's, very set in the very near term. So it's basically the story is a company that is like SpaceX, but not SpaceX, um, is decides it's going to send astronauts to Mars. But first, it's going to put the three-person crew in a full simulation of the Mars mission Ooh. before it sends them. So basically, these people are in a tin can in the middle of the Utah desert for a year, and then it simulates 30 days like they get to get out for 30 days and like walk around and then they have to get back in and come back quote unquote come back before they can actually go to Mars. And so it's the type of science fiction that I really really like because it's very very focused on the characters and the people the astronauts but also their families because it's one thing to leave your kid for you know like for let's say a Mars mission will take 3 years. It's one thing to leave your kids and your family for three years it's another when they're asking you to do a three-year simulation and then a three-year mission and then like the simulation they do everything the way it would be on mars so you know it takes seven minutes for a message to get a message to so they can't talk to their family in real time and some of the families are like this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard they're not really (laughs) on mars they're in utah um so it's just it's really interesting i'm really 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 enjoying it so it comes out in mid-may and it's called the wanderers and it's really good that sounds 
awesome. Yeah, it's really good. And a very international cast, which I appreciated. I think there's an American woman, a Russian man, and a Japanese man. So it's also interesting to see the way their cultures interact. Yeah, interact. Um, my current obsession, which I've been talking about on the internet, so if you follow me, you've probably seen this, is a Norwegian teen TV oh drama <laughs> called Scum. It's amazing. Preeti texted under- me about this, and I'm like, what are you watching? <laughs> so, uh, it's this, it's been popping up on the internet, like, for the last couple of months or so, um, my my friend Anne-Marie sent me a link to, like, a friend of a friend of a friend who had, like, all of the episodes <laughs> because it's not licensed in America, but a lot of people are watching it. So clearly it is accessible on the internet. Um, and it's basically just a teen drama about these kids in Norway. What's interesting is so the episodes are not like a set 22 minutes and I couldn't figure out why they were anywhere from like 18 to like 42 minutes. Like just these re- really random time stamps, and the way they like the way it works is they're like kind of in real time. So as the week goes on, clips from the episode go up on the website Uh. in real time, as well as like text messages between the characters. Oh, that's interesting. And then they compile them and turn them into an episode at at the end of the week or whatever. Um, So it was like an internet TV show. It's not a network TV show, but it's just like, you'll get like a text. I think if I'm understanding this correctly, like you get a text and it's like, oh, my God, this crazy party happened or is happening on, like, Saturday night. Uh, and then you, Saturday night, like, a clip from the party will upload onto the site. That's a, that's really interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting storytelling. Huh. But also, the show is, like, the first two, the first season is, like, about a, it's, like, it does the thing that Skins did in the beginning. Like, the UK Skins, not the American Skins. Um, the UK Skins, maybe the American did. I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> but... It follows, like, one character. Like, the season, each season follows one character, and it's kind of, the first season is about this girl kind of coming to terms with who she is. But it's, like, really forward-thinking. It's actually, you know, I don't know anything about Norwegian demographics, but there's, like, one of the main characters is this, like, kick-ass Muslim girl that I really like. Um which I was like, I thought Norway was really white. And yeah, so that was- I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but that was a happy surprise um but it's about like the first few scenes are like girls like being friends and like getting to know each other and know themselves and it's just like really nice and then the last the last season is like a 10 episode version or like heavily influenced by Romeo and Juliet like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet oh my god that's amazing so it's like basically written for for you yeah so that's my that's my current obsession and I like if you can find it it's called scum S K A Amazon Mary. Um, I think it means shame. They did license an American version, so I think they're going to be making an American version, but you know it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll also put the Norwegian version up when they do that. Well, from what I, it's got like a lot of really good music, so they're going to have licensing issues. Oh, yeah. Well, like, of course, for they will. show. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's it, actually. Oh, uh, right? yeah. So I hope you guys liked our first episode. If you liked it, please tell us. If you don't, please do not. <laughs> right. If you don't like it, just don't listen. You yes. don't have to tell us. Yes. Yes. We're really happy staying in our little bubble of like people who love us. Yes. <laughs> very, very happy. I do not need to hear about everyone who thinks that we are lame. 
Because <laughs> we are, but we don't need to hear we about know, it. No, we're aware. We're yes. nerds, and we we just really like the things we like. Yes. Um, but if you do like it, at, after this first episode goes up, it'll be on iTunes. Um, in the meantime, we're at theysegeekgirls.libson.com, uh, I believe. Yes. Um, you can email us at theysegeekgirls at gmail.com if you have any comments. Yeah. Or, or find each of us on Twitter and let us know what you thought. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess that's it. That's it. We haven't thought of, we didn't Um, plan how to say, yeah. (laughs) I guess really quick, since we said at the beginning, you can find me at run with scissors. I'm S at S Krishna on Twitter. And, um, we'll see you guys later. Bye. (laughs) Bye.